for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Take your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 4 this morning. We've been talking about the authority or the dominion that God gave to mankind and also gave to you. You have authority, you have dominion, and when you learn how to use that authority and dominion, things in your life are going to change, and they're going to change very rapidly, praise God. You've got to understand that God is not in control of everything, as most people think, that God's controlling everything. No, basically, many times you are in control of what's going on. What's in your heart and what comes out your mouth will dictate your life, according to the Word of God. God has put you here as a king and a priest, and you are the one in charge down here. Say, I'm in charge of my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Luke chapter 4. We're going to expand on authority just a little bit this morning. Luke 4, look at verse 36. It says, And all the people were amazed at Jesus and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and with power he commands the unclean spirits. And what happens to them? They come out. Notice, notice it's talking about Jesus. Here it says Jesus was casting out a devil out of somebody. And in order to do that, he used two things. What did he use? Authority and? Say authority. Authority. And power. power. Now notice, if Jesus needed authority and power when he was here, there's probably a good chance that you need authority and power when you're here. In other words, if he needed that to command and have this devil come out, then basically you need to operate in the same things that he operated in, which is authority and which is power. Authority we found out before is exousia, the word exousia, which means the right to command. You have a right to command. You have a right to choose. You have a legal right to do that because you were born into a kingdom of God that gave you legal rights. How many of you know you have legal rights in the kingdom of God? Spiritually, you have a legal right to live in health. You have a legal right to live in peace. You have a legal right to live in joy. You have a legal right to live in victory 24 hours a day seven days a week that legal right has been given to you and you have a right to do that it's not up to God whether you do that or not it is basically up to you so if Jesus not only needed authority the right to command but the power to back up that command remember we talked about the police officer how many know a police officer has authority he has authority because he has a uniform he has a badge but how many know if someone does not do what he tells them to do he also has the power to back it up In other words, he also has a gun. So basically, not only does he need authority, he needs power. You know, if everybody respected the law and respected the law officer, he wouldn't need any power because he'd just tell us what to do and we would do it. But there's renegade people out there and there's renegade spirits in your life who are not going to obey your command of authority. Therefore, you need power to back up your authority to make sure those things stay out of your life. The Bible says that you have anointing. Say, I have have. an anointing. Do you believe that this morning? What's the anointing on the inside of you for? It's to break every yoke and keep every yoke of bondage off of your life. And it's on the inside of you today. So every believer has authority. Every believer has power. But yet we see so many believers living in bondage. Why is that? Because we do not understand what we're supposed to be, our position, and how we're supposed to use the authority and the power that we have in our life. All right, go back to Luke chapter 3. We're not going to get too deep this morning. I'm just going to show you how to totally change your life this morning. So, (laughs) Luke chapter 3. Look at verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Now we know that this happened to Jesus about the age of uh, 30 years old, according to the Bible. Here Jesus was baptized basically in water, and when he did, the Holy Ghost came upon him. Say the Holy Ghost came upon him. Now we found out that the Holy Ghost is the anointing, and the Holy Ghost is the power of God in someone's life. Now notice, up until this point, how many know Jesus was a good guy? Jesus obeyed the Father. Jesus never sinned. Jesus never, but one thing Jesus never did up to this point was he never healed anybody. He never delivered anybody. He never set anybody free. Until the Holy Ghost and the power came upon him, then all at once he started setting the captives free through the power of God that now came into his life. So while he had authority, he could live free of evil, free of things around him because he had the authority, but now he needed something to back up that authority in his life and other people's life, and that was the power of God, and that was the Spirit of God. Say the Spirit of God. So notice, he not only had exousia, which is authority. He had dunamis, which is power. The word dunamis there means not only power, but God's kind of power. Say God's kind of power. 
Say, I have God's kind of power on the inside of me because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. All right, Luke chapter 4, look at verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it may be bread. And Jesus simply answered, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here we see that Jesus, the Holy Ghost, came upon him. He got full of the Holy Ghost. And not only did the Spirit of God lead him, someone else showed up. The devil showed up. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit of God comes upon you and you now have authority and power, you become a major threat to the enemy. Before then, you're not. But I'll tell you what, even if you have the authority, which Jesus just used was the authority, basically, it is written, it is written, it is written, will keep the devil out of your life. But at other times in strongholds and stuff where you need the power to back up that it is written. So Jesus basically just used the scripture here to say, it is written, it is written. He used his authority to stay free. Look at verse 14. And Jesus then returned in the what? Power. Say power. power. Say it again, power. power. Say it again, power. power. Now, there's a difference of having the Holy Ghost. There's a difference of being full of the Holy Ghost. And there's a difference of being in the power of the Holy Ghost. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God on the inside of them. Every born-again believer has the power of God on the inside of them. But some people walk in that power of God because they found out how to do that in your life. So basically, the more you practice the Word of God, the more you read the Word of God and understand the Word of God, the more you're going to be able to use the tools that you have in your life to not only stay free, but set other captives free. And how many of you know you're called to do that? This whole thing isn't just about you and, and you having a house and a car and a dog and four kids and whatever. There's a bigger picture in your life that God has, and that's why he gave you authority and power in this earth realm to make a difference, basically, of what God wants to do in your life. So you not only have authority this morning, you also have power in your life. Say, I have authority. I have, authority. I, have power. I have power. Now, what's one of the keys to the authority and power in your life? One of the keys is authority-wise, we found out about the centurion who basically Jesus wanted to heal someone. He came to his house and he said, hey, you don't have to come to my house because I know when you talk, it's going to happen. I'm under my authority. I know that if I say go, you go. If I say come, you come. And it's the same way with you. So authority basically stays in line with the person above them. Now, the person above you is who? It's Jesus, it's God, it's the Word of God. As long as you stay in line with the authority above you, your authority will work. Whenever you leave that and go outside the authority of God, your authority no longer works because you stepped outside the authority that God has already given me. Are you following you? That's why you need to learn to walk in love. You need to be in agreement with the Word of God. Even when natural things don't line up with the Word of God, you need to stay in the Word of God. Why? Because the authority basically is the trigger that releases the river that's on the inside of you. In other words, what you command and what you demand and what you go after basically and what you speak, that anointing is in you to back up what you speak. We've all heard about confessing the Word. Well, when I confess that I am anointed, finally, I mean, you know, that took me a while. I mean, I'd get up here, and I didn't. I was hoping I was anointed, and I was wishing I was anointed, and I was shaking, and my knees were knocking, and, and I was sweating, and everybody else was freezing, and because and, I was going crazy up here because I didn't know if the anointed. One day I found out that I, I believed I was anointed. And once I just said, praise God, I'm anointed, once I did that, that word of authority on what God had provided released what was in me, which was the anointing, so that I could now flow in the anointing that I believed I had and confessed I had with the authority that released the power. Are you following me? See, a lot of people have the authority. They, ha they have the badge, they have the uniform, but they never shoot the gun. I'm so sick. How many know the anointing's not going to back that up? I'm so poor. You know, anything going to do nothing with that. I'm so weak. You've got to know what this says. You know, we sing that song, I know who I am, I know where I'm, what God says I am. When you find out that stuff, you'll stop talking like a poor, poor person, and you'll step into your position as a king and a priest unto God. So the Bible says that I'm healed, then I'm healed. As long as I'm standing in the Word of God and in line with the Word of God, and I say I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, what's that? You're pulling the gun on the power of God, and the power of God on the inside of you is there to bring to pass what you're using your authority to get. Are you following me? 
Now, just like when you bring somebody to the Lord, you bring them to the Lord and you say, you want to say the sinner's prayer with me? And they say, well, I think, okay, let's say the sinner's prayer. And you said, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's my Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'm sorry for all my sins. And I want you to say, I am saved. And they'll go, I am saved. And all at once, what happens? They use their authority to pull the trigger on salvation. And when they pull the trigger, the anointing of God hit them on the inside of them and brought into manifestation the promise that God had for them of being born again into the kingdom of God, but not until they use their authority to release the power of God. Are you following me? Notice, Jesus didn't pray for people. He took out his badge and his uniform and his gun, and he pulled the trigger. Be made whole. Boom. Rise up and walk. Boom. See, he didn't pray for 45 minutes. Oh, Father, do this, do that. No, he knew he had authority. He knew he had a power. And when he spoke these things, the anointing of God or the rivers of living water on the inside of him came out and manifested what he used with his authority. That, and that's why it's important for you to know the word of God. We've got so many Christians running around that never read the Bible, know nothing about it. Well, God will do whatever God wants to do. No, he won't. If he'd do everything he wanted to do, you'd be a lot better than you are right now because he'd have changed you. He'd have melted you. He'd have molded you. He'd have filled you with something. He'd be doing fine right now. It's not up to him. I know what his will is, but then again, it's not up to him to do it, see? And God is in control of everything. No, he's not in control of anything. He's in control as long as you leave him in control by staying under his authority and, and releasing the anointing that's on the inside of you. This is why all things are possible for you. Because everything in here is possible. You can live in peace every single day of your life. But you're not going to do it by saying, I'm so depressed today. I just can't find the peace today. Somebody please give me peace today. The Bible says, peace I leave you, peace I give you. Praise God. You've already got peace. So what happens? All things going on. Uh, your spouse is acting up. Your dog's acting up. Your boss is acting up. Your coworkers are acting up. Everybody's acting up. And all at once you're saying, praise God, I've got the peace that passes all understanding. And all at once from in here, not here, not going to come down from heaven. Oh, there's that peace. It's over here. Oh, that feels good. No, it comes from in here. It comes from the inside of you. That peace is in you. So I have the peace that passed. Sometimes you just got to stop and say, thank God for peace. And everybody with you is going to say, you're nuts. There's nothing peaceful going on. No, thank God for peace. Thank God. That's what this morning we sang, I choose why? you got the authority to do it. You can choose joy if you want to, and the joy of the Lord that's on the inside of you will start bubbling up out of the inside of you. When, when Rodney Howard Brown came through here and started ministering to people, and the joy for the first time was experienced in this, where you start laughing, and I mean it's so deep, it like rips your whole insides out, and you couldn't stop laughing. Somebody could walk up and tell you that your best friend died, and you'd still be laughing for another 20 minutes because it was a supernatural joy on the inside of you. But many people went up and got prayer, and they didn't get the joy, and all week they walked around saying, I can't get that stupid joy joy. Everybody else gets touched by God and I don't get the joy. They get the joy. I don't know why they get the joy. Maybe God likes them better than he likes me because they get the joy and he don't get the joy. And I don't, well, you're not going to get the joy when you're denying the joy. Do you see what I mean? And we get in this natural realm when we see things that way. If you want to go from where you're at today to someplace different tomorrow, then you've got to get in agreement with God in that area of your life and allow the anointing of God to do it. It's not by might, not by power, not by your determination. It's by the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you. But authority, basically, is the gun and the badge, basically. And you've got to pull the trigger on that stuff. And when you do the anointing of God on the inside of you. People being born again is a reality. I mean, you know, Jesus doesn't have to come back down again and suffer and die for everybody here. It's already been provided for every single person here. What are they? Their one authoritative command to choose something away. And when they do, the power of God changes their life. And then you change again. Then I found out I was no longer an alcoholic. Well, you're a recovering alcoholic. Oh, is that what I am? I'm recovering. How you doing? I'm recovering. How you doing? I'm recovering. You'd be recovering for 50 years. I'm recovering. No, one day I found out that any man that is in Christ is a new creation. Well, I sure don't feel like one and look like one, but that's what it says here. Old things have passed away. Well, alcohol was definitely old for me, praise God. I was doing it for 30 good years, and I was good at it, praise God. All these things are of God. Well, God is an alcoholic, I don't think. I mean, I never checked him. I knew Jesus drank a little wine, but I don't think he was an alcoholic. So basically, I had to change my thing. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. You're an alcoholic? Not anymore. I'm a brand new species of being that never existed before. And when I did that, the anointing of God came out of the inside of me, totally set me free of alcohol whatsoever. Took the taste out of my mouth, took the desire for it, took everything out. But as long as I was not in agreement using my authority, see, you're using your authority. That's the sad thing. The only problem is you may be using it in the wrong direction. 
See, whatever comes out your mouth is powerful. And that's why it says in, what is it, Romans 8 or Romans 10 or something where they say, don't call Jesus down from heaven anymore. How many people are? Don't call Jesus up from there anymore. How many people are? You don't have to. Why? The word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith you speak. Where's my peace? It's in my heart through the anointing of God and in my mouth when I release it with the authority. Where's my health and healing? It's in my heart and it's in my mouth. Where's my victory? In my heart and in my mouth. Where's my deliverance power? It's in my heart and it's in my mouth. Everything I ever needed is in my heart and in my mouth. The problem is what's in your mouth is probably what's in your heart and your heart ain't lined up with the word so then you're going in the wrong direction. Are you following this morning? So it's not hard to reverse anything. It, all you got to do is get going in the right area. Healing's a fact. Salvation's a fact. Abundance in your life is a fact. Well, God will never have any money. You're correct. You won't. I'm not going to argue with you there. And I'm certainly not going to agree with you because when two or three agree, it gets even worse. Come on, you find out. And, and then you find two people in a pity party. And, and boy, it's just I've been so sick lately and so poor. You... I've really been sick and poor. No, no. I've been more poor and sick than you. No, you have not been more. And pretty soon they wonder why they're poor and sick. Because they're asking for it. And God just don't love me. No, he loves you. He's just trying to get a hold of you. Hallelujah. I, I wish God could do like my, my dad used to get a hold of me. He'd grab my ear. Did he ever, anybody ever do that? Just start pulling on your ear for God's sakes. And you'd hear it crack and everything else. And then you wonder if it's still on the side of your head. I wish God could get, get do that right now and then. You know, when people get out of line, just and shake their ear a little bit and say, oh, that was God. I must be doing something wrong here and I must be ready to change here, you know. But notice, it depends on your authority, what you're releasing in your authority, baby. That's why you bring every promise into a reality and this is the way you do it, through your authority. What is your authority and power basically for? It's for to make God's will and his resources available to you in your life. That's what it does. It makes healing available. It makes joy available. It makes power available. It makes peace available. It makes everything available. You can access through your authority anything into your life that you need. You don't have to pray to God to do it. You just line up with his word and you just take whatever belongs to you. You can choose joy tomorrow morning on Monday morning when your alarm goes off at 5 o'clock in the morning. You can say, I choose joy. Doesn't matter how you feel. How many know feelings don't have anything to do with this? I choose joy, praise God. Somebody gets up and says, you're going to have a bad day today. I don't care. I choose joy, praise God. Hallelujah. And on the inside of you is this anointing. And this anointing goes to work in the joy area. And pretty soon you're walking in joy when everybody else, it's Monday, yeah, 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 and you don't care, praise God. Now you're making people mad. <laughs> Come on, aren't you? How you doing? Monday is super great. I love it. What the heck's the matter with them? And they're crazy. Why is that? Because you're living in a different kingdom in a different realm than the world's living in. These natural things that pull you down, that do things, you don't have to do that, but you've got to get your authority lined up so that you can pull the trigger on the power of God that's on the inside of you. All right, go to Luke chapter 24. Whenever you make a clear-cut decision on something lined up with the Word of God and you stay there, the anointing of God immediately goes to work in your life. Immediately goes to work. But it's got to be lined up with the Word of God, not just, you know, I'm believing God for three wives. How many know that's not going to be anointed? And it's not going to change anything. It doesn't work. No, it's got to be lined up with the Word of God. But once you release that and once you stand up, but it's, it can't be I might, it can't be I may, Maybe it'll happen. It's just got to be a decision where you say, I choose joy, and that's it. I choose peace, and that's it. I choose not to be an alcoholic anymore. I'm done, and gee, I choose not to do this, not to do that. You've got to make that clear-cut decision before the anointing goes to work. You cannot hem-haw. How many have ever hem-hawed? How many of us are still hem-hawing in areas of our life? See, the anointing can't help a hem-hawer. It only helps somebody who decides to make a decision once and for all. When they do it, releases the anointing of God. If you hem-haul, you, you know, best time to hem-haul is New Year's, isn't it? I make New Year's resolutions. I got 10 of them right here. I'm hem-hauling on every single one of them. And you'll hem for about three days, and then you'll be hauling. Because you won't be able to do it. You've got to make a clear-cut decision that that anointing will go to work on the inside of you. And how many know you need help in areas of your life? That's why you need the power of God. You need the supernatural help. You need that river flowing out of the inside of you. You need that well springing up on the inside of you, bringing you everlasting life. Well, it only does that while you're in agreement with your authority in the Word of God that allows that anointing to flow that's in your life. Praise God. So the purpose of your authority is to make God's will and resources available in your life. The Bible tells us to come... Boldly. How can you come boldly 
if you don't know what God has promised. See, you know, praise God, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. What am I going to do? I'm healed, praise God. Thank God that I'm healed. That's what his word says, by his stripes I've been healed. So I'm healed. Well, you don't look healed. I don't care what I look like. You don't feel healed. I don't care, praise God, I'm healed. You know why? Because that anointing will go to the root of your thing. My God. Remember, remember when Jesus went up to the fig tree? No fruit on that tree? He didn't say, oh, God. No, he said, no, but you need fruit off you again, brother. What happened? Killed it. Where did it hit it? Roots. Now, how many know they, they could have looked at it an hour later, and it probably didn't look like it was dying. It still had its little leaves on, and it was still blowing in the wind, but at the root it was. And a couple days later, all at once the little leaves started falling off, and the things started. Why? Because the anointing of God will hit things at the root. It'll break the bondage off you. So just because you say at one time, I'm done with this forever, and then you're starting to waver a little bit. You've killed that thing. Just keep going. Just keep going. Every time it comes, you use that word of God again. You use that word of God again. You use that confession. No, I'm not an alcoholic. No, I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. No, I'm not in bondage to anything. Paul says I don't have to be in bondage to anything. Some things aren't useful for me, but I'm not in bondage to anything. And I refuse to be in bondage because Jesus has delivered me. Christ has delivered me from the curse of the law, and that's under the curse of the law, and I'm not going to be there anymore. I'm going to stay here. And then you go about three minutes, and all at once they'll say, why don't you do this? You'll say, well, because I already made that way back. And sometimes I'll use a watch. I decided that I'm no longer an alcoholic on such and such a date at such and such a time, and that's final right there. And the devil will come and say, you're an alcoholic. And I say, no, let me show you. Back around December 21st, 1985, at 7 o'clock in the evening, I was no longer an alcoholic because I've been set free and delivered according to the word of God. Praise God. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, some of you know this, some of you don't. When that happened to me, God told me to, to grow a mustache. He said, I, don't want, I want you to know that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you're just something small didn't happen, so I want you to grow a mustache. Well, my mustaches aren't very good. Matter of fact, they grow heavy on one side and barely on the other side. But I did it. You know, I, I love God. You know, if God would have told me to stand on my head and kick my heels together, I didn't care. I'll do whatever God tells me to do. I don't, I've been a fool all my life anyway. So I grew, started growing a mustache. But I'll tell you what, everybody I ran into saw that mustache. And every time they said, what you got going there? <laughs> Mouse get loose, get underneath your nose. But every time they said that, it reminded me that I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things had passed away and all things had become new. And when I went to the bathroom in the morning to wash my face or whatever, there that thing was. And it was talking to me. It was saying, you're a brand new species of being that never existed before. What was I doing? Reinforcing and reinforcing in my life what God had told me to a point to where it was no more a bondage. It was no longer a temptation. My body didn't even want it anymore, much less my spirit or my soul. Nothing wanted it anymore, and I was completely set free of it. Did it happen overnight? No. It happened over a period of time, but that mustache helped, praise God. So if you're male in here and he tells you to grow a mustache, if you're female in here he tells you to grow a mustache, that was a devil. That was a devil. Don't listen to that, for God's sakes. Whatever you do, we don't want to do that. All right, Luke chapter 24. All right, look at verse 49. Notice this is in red. It's Jesus. It's the last thing he says here when, just before he leaves. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with what? Power. Say power. power. Say it again, power from on high. So notice, here he is, he's got his disciples, he's teaching them for three years. How many know he's probably the best teacher that ever lived? And he's there teaching and teaching and teaching and instructing them. So they knew about their authority. They knew about everything that Jesus wanted to teach. But notice what he says, don't go anywhere until you receive the power to back up the gospel that you're going to preach because the gospel really needs power to be effective in your life. So Terry, just wait until the promise, say the promise, say the Holy Ghost is not a promise. He is the promise. Why do you need the promise? To get the rest of a promises. That's what he's there for. So he comes into your life. So he says, don't go anywhere. Look at Matthew 20, or yeah, Matthew 28. And let me just say that this isn't something you can decide just to do without getting in the word consistently. Because you're going to be able to do it while everything's good. It's easy to say I'm healed and I'm blessed when you're blessed and you're healed. And it's in the natural realm, do you see? But when, when trouble comes, when the devil comes, when problem comes, all at once that is going to change to I'm sick, I'm broke, I can't do anything, I'm weak, I, and you can't do it. You have got to get full because the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to, and whatever you've been in there, see, putting in there in a high-stress situation, it's going to come out. 
That's why you see people who get in accidents and they say, well, somebody got in an accident and they were going down the ditch and turn over and they yelled, Jesus, and the car popped right up and they were doing good. Other people said, we're going to die. And you know what happened? They died. See, why? Because in a high-stress situation, whatever's in there is going to come out. <laughs> that is why <laughs> sometimes after you're a good Christian and you're pressing in and you're doing things, you can get in a stress situation that you're not used to, and all at once for the first time in several months, you'll cuss. And it'll come out of your mouth. You'll say, no. <laughs> come on, ever happen? Yeah, yeah why? Because there's still a residue in there because you put that in for 30 years. Now you've been a Christian for five, and there's still a little residue in there, and you got in a stretch situation all at once, you're like, Oh, and chances are your best Christian friends are right around you and they'll mark the day and time you did that because you're supposed to be God himself see still a little residue in there so what I want to do I just want to keep putting the word in I want to repent for that time it slowly slid out of there and got away from me and I mean nobody got to convict you you just know and you try to say that you said, I said fudge. We've been eating a lot of fudge lately, so I had some fudge as well as I think. No, that's not going to work either, see. But what is that? It's just residue in there. It takes time to get all those weeds out of there. It takes time to get all that stuff you've been pouring in and pouring in and pouring into your life and get it out of there, praise God. All right, Matthew 28. <laughs> We've all done it, haven't we? I remember before I saved, it slipped out one time at the dinner table. That was like suicide, man. When that came out of my mouth, I'd have gave anything to get that back. Needless to say, my parents were not overly enjoyed with me at that time. Oh. No, more, no more meat and potatoes for me. All right, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me. You look up the word there, it is exousia. All authority was given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. But notice, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of? Now why did he say that, and how is he with you? He's with you by the Holy Ghost who came to live on the inside of you. So he says, go ahead, go preach the gospel. Go into all the world. Why? Because you've got an anointing to back up whatever you preach, whether it's protection you need, whether it's power you need, whatever you need. I am with you always till the end of time. So praise God. You can go, if you want to, to the AIDS victim and not worry about catching AIDS. You can go to the, the deep parts of the jungle, to the cannibals, not worry about getting ate. You can do all these things. Why? Because you can go into all the world, praise God, and you got the power of God on the inside of you that will back you up, gone to preach the gospel. And the church, one of their favorite things to say right now, just praise, praise God and praise Jesus, and he's going to go out and fight your battles. No, no. The power doesn't go out without the authority. They go together. You've got to have the authority. You're the one who releases the authority. And sometimes you don't even have to be in the same place that you release the authority for, and the anointing will still get there because there's no time and space in the spirit realm. There was a guy who was a leader of the prayer meeting that I was at when, when I was in, up here in the Catholic prayer meeting for a long time, and he came down with some disease in his blood or something, and he was up in Jacksonville, Florida, and he was in the hospital up there. And he called me, and he just said, you know, I'm up here. They can't find a thing. They don't know if I'm going to live or die. They're going to do anything. And the Spirit of God just quickened me. I'm on the phone down here. He's up there. I just picked up the phone. And I said, I release you, Holy Spirit, into that room right now, and I command in the name of Jesus, you heal him from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And I hung up. And two days later, he was back home. He said a light or something came into his room. He felt the power of God all over him, completely set him free, and he came home. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't lay hands. I didn't pray for 45 minutes. I didn't do anything. I just released with my authority and allowed the Spirit of God who wanted to heal him in the first place. Well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. No, he won't. That's why he tells you to pray that laborers go into the harvest. Because he can't go unless somebody with authority releases him to go to this person or go to that person. That's why your prayer time might be important. Yeah. Yeah. Just might be. Might make a difference. Might matter. But see, we're sitting here. We've, we've got a badge. We've got a uniform. And we got a gun, loaded gun, praise God. And everybody walking around complaining. Well, God will take care of it. It's up to God. 
Whatever God wants to do, he will do. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to happen. Well, how many of you, let's say that you're in your bedroom and it's the middle of the night and you've got your loaded gun right there in your drawer and I don't want somebody breaks in your front door and starts stealing your TV and everything else. How many of you would wake up and say, well, whatever God wants, he wants. I'm going back to bed and they take your DVD and they take your microwave and they take everything. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Praise God. No. Anybody with half a brain would tell you, get out of bed, get that loaded gun out of that drawer, go out there, threaten them one time. If they don't go, pull the trigger on that sucker and blow them out of that place. Praise God. Well, God's telling us the same thing. Rather than sleeping through the attacks and sleeping through the trials and sleeping through the things in our life, praise God, you got a badge, you got a uniform. If the written word of God is not enough, let the power of God flow out of the inside of you and do it. That's how people get healed. That's how people get delivered. It's no mystery. I simply lay hands on them and I release the power of God that's on the inside of me with a command of the authority and it goes into their life. And if they're in a receiving mode, say receiving mode. Come on, how many of you ever came to church and you were down and out, you were dry, and you just came just to come, and all at once by the end of the service, you're ready to kick 14 devils, but you're hoping you run into a demon when you get out of here, praise God. You're just hoping somebody comes around you that needs deliverance. What happened? On the inside of you, start stirring up, praise God, that authority. Start stirring up that river on the inside. Start saying, yeah, that's who, that's who I am. That's right. That's what the word says I am. That's what I can do. That's right, devil. You've been lying to me. That's what you told me. It just builds you up on the inside, see? What does that do? It just comes from simply the word of God on the inside of you, releasing the anointing that's already on the inside of you, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Mark chapter 16. I used to sit in front of the TV, and it would say, and the flu's going around. And I'd say, yeah, going right around my house. <laughs> and now I've got to do it with all these medicines on TV. My God, I never saw drugs advertised so many times in my life, praise God. Do you have back pain? No, do you? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you? See, what are they doing? They're trying to talk you into this. Well, I did have a pain in my back, I'm going to think of it, 30 years ago. It was right down here. And they said it's going to be getting worse. I better get some of that medicine because it's probably kicking up right now. I'm pretty, see, we're being talked into some of this stuff. Do you see? We're being flooded with it in our mind. We're getting to believe things we don't have to believe. All right, Mark chapter 16. Oh, look at verse 15. And Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that believes not will be damned. Let me just throw this in there. If you're going to witness the gospel, some people are going to receive it and some people aren't. Don't go into a state of rejection for the next 14 years just because somebody got mad at you for preaching in the gospel and did not receive it. You see what I Maybe you put a seed in there. You know, maybe, maybe there's solid cement except for one little crack in their cement and you got that seed in there and maybe it's going to grow. But don't get depressed. You just preach the gospel. It's up to them whether they receive it or not. It's not up to you. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. How many know that's going to take power? They shall speak with new tongues. How many know that's going to take power? They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. How many know that takes power? And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall what? So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth, and they preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs right there it is they're going preaching the gospel they're using their authority to say what god will do god will save you god will heal you god will not well god might heal you today it's up to him it depends what he's doing this afternoon he may be watching football he may be too busy to do this no it's got to be a will it's got to be a clear-cut word of what god has already promised them to do in order to do it but notice they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with notice them as italicized is it italicized all right so you could put in there and the lord went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with the word and confirming the word with signs following. So what releases the power of God in your life? What releases the healing power? What releases all that stuff? Basically, the word of God in your mouth, spoken with authority, releases the anointing that's on the inside of you in line with God's word. Go to Acts chapter 4. All right, Acts chapter 4, look at verse 29. Disciples are praying. They just got in trouble. They were threatened. They were 
trying to throw it in jail and everything else, and they prayed. They said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak, what? By stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Now notice what they're praying. They're praying that they would be able to speak his word with all boldness. Why is that? Because there's a demonic fight against you speaking God's word with all boldness. It's hard to speak his word, especially if you've got symptoms in your body. I mean, you know, it's hard to say, by his stripes, I've been healed. And you think everybody's saying, liar, liar, you're a liar. See, what it is hard. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. So I'm going to say exactly what Jesus says, whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not. I'm going to speak the word of God. Here they're praying for boldness in order to speak the word boldly. And when they do, what's going to happen? He's going to stretch forth his hand to heal, and signs and wonders were done in the name of his holy child, Jesus, but not until they spoke the word of God with boldness. How many know sometimes it's hard to speak the word of God with boldness? It's hard enough amongst Christians anymore, much less speaking it to people who don't even know God, because most Christians don't understand the word of God and what's going on. So notice, what were they praying for? Not to back down from their authority. Why? Because they knew their authority would release the power of God on the inside of them and set the captives free. Go to Luke chapter 10. You're never going to get results unless it's a clear-cut word. You're not going to get a results with your kids if it's not a clear-cut word. Honey, it's 9 o'clock. If you'd sort of like to maybe go to bed right now because it's time, you can go ahead and go to bed. How many know they're not going to go? I think it's probably a good time for you to go to bed. So, you know, if you want to, you can. You probably should, but how many know they're not going to go? How many know get to bed? Yeah. <laughs> it's less to say. It's right to the point. And you get a little bit of results from it. And then if they don't go, you got the power to back it up. It's called a stick. You've got some artillery, praise God, and you bring out your artillery. Sometimes you don't even have to use it. Sometimes you just got to show a show of force, and off to bed they'll go, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, look chapter 10. Look at verse 19. Jesus says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall ever what? Hurt you. Now notice. He may be talking about serpents and snakes here, but it's actually a connotation to the devil. How many of you know that? Notice, behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Say authority. Authority. Over all the power. So notice, your authority, when released, has more power than any power the devil has. And how many know the devil does have power? I mean, the madman of Gadara, I mean, they put chains on him, and what did he do? He was demon-possessed, and he'd break them off, and basically he'd cut himself with stones and not even hurt or anything else. There's power, but notice, you have greater power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means should ever hurt you and I'll tell you why we got a problem with this is because Hollywood has made movie after movie after movie of demon possessed people with power they've never made a movie of a God possessed person so all we see is the demon possessed oh the demon possessed they ever made one of a God possessed we forget all about demon possessed could he be walking through saying come out go be loosed and that would take all the excitement out of their movie, see? But no, we've seen all that stuff. But notice, you have power over all. Say all. all. Say all the power. All. all right, go to Matthew 17. I'm in hurry mode now. Say, I have authority. I, have I got power. Many of the things we suffer in our lives, we don't really even need power for. All you need is authority to stay out of depression, authority to stay out of stress, authority to stay out of worry. You just got to speak in line with the Word of God, and I cast all my cares upon Him because He cares for me. And it comes back and say, sorry, cast you on Him because He cares for me. Sorry, I don't worry anymore. I don't. All you need is the Word of God. You don't even need the power to do that. You just need the Word of God to do that. All right, Matthew chapter 17. Look at verse 14. When it came to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, sore vexed. Oftentimes he falls into the fire and into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Whatever God wants, God can have. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according. No, he said, You faithless and perverse generation. 
How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because it was not God's time. <laughs> Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say to you, if you just had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Remove hence in yonder place, and shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Howbeit, this kind goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. So notice, here we are. We've got something here. The disciples come. All at once they run into a this kind of devil. Say this kind of devil. How many know there's different kinds? This kind of devil. And for some reason they could not cast him out. And they're figured, trying to figure out how, how well he couldn't. And Jesus says, why couldn't they cast him out? Unbelief. unbelief. Thank you. Unbelief. Now, I don't know if it was their unbelief in their power, their unbelief in their authority, or if you read a different translation, the father didn't believe they could do it either. So there's unbelief involved. So what does Jesus tell them to do? He tells them basically to prayer and fasting. Say prayer and fasting. Notice, prayer and fasting what keeps your gun loaded. So you see you're not shooting blanks. That keeps your gun loaded. Prayer and fasting will keep your gun loaded, basically, and the authority has always through the Word of God. So the Word of God provides for you authority, but prayer and fasting provide for you the ammunition in your gun. That way it's full all the time. That's why you can't walk outside the Word of God. You can't walk in stress. You can't walk in offense. You can't walk in unforgiveness. You can't walk in these things. Because if you do, basically your gun is empty, and when you pull the trigger, praise God, nothing's going to come out of it. So prayer and fasting. Notice, prayer and fasting will also help you apparently overcome unbelief. Hallelujah. All right, go to Mark chapter 5. Let me just say this. You need to pray more. You need to pray more, whether it's in the Holy Ghost or whatever. You need to spend more time in prayer. I am really a strong word man, but I know I need to spend even more time in prayer than I'm spending right now. I know I need to do that. Anytime I see prayer in the Bible, it leaps out at me and says, more, more. You know, so I'd like to black all them out. So when I read it the second time, it's not there anymore, but it doesn't work that way. But prayer, prayer is important to you in your daily life, just as prayer as the word. So pray in line with the word, with the word, whatever you want to do. But if you're praying 15 minutes a day, jump up to 17. Take a chance, praise God, and see what happens. Praise God, take a chance, see what happens. All right, Mark chapter 5, look at verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made well. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she fell in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude bumping into you, thronging you all over you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that was done, what was done was in her, fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So here we see a woman. This woman had an issue of blood. Apparently she was bleeding every single day, couldn't get a stop. She went to doctors, she went to medicine, and she ran out of money. But then she heard about somebody. Who did she hear about? She heard about Jesus. So when she heard about Jesus and what Jesus was and what he could do, it gave her authority to make an authoritative decision. And she did. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. So now, now, if she'd have heard that Jesus is the one who goes around and makes everybody rich, then she'd have said, I believe that Jesus, when I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made rich. And how many know she'd have been the richest woman with an issue of blood in the area? See, you get from God what you know to get through the promises with the authority. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And what did she do? She went to him, she got to him, and the authority that she was using hooked up with the dunamis on the inside of him and was released out of the inside of her, came in and totally set her free. That's why we lay hands on the sick, but we've got to get them to believe something first. 
See, we need their authority sometimes for the dudamus on the inside of us. That's why, you know, sometimes when people come to church and they're newer and they see you up here and they see you lay hands and all that stuff, they're awed by the power of God that comes out of the inside of you. Most people have been here a while and myself is not, but they're awed. And then they, they start to think back there. Well, if I can get up there and get hands laid on me with the power he's got, there's a good chance I may get my healing. I may get my deliverance. I may get this. So when they come up here, they're believing. You see what I mean? They're believing that when I touch them, I haven't changed. How many know Jesus had the same anointing whether she believed it or not? The anointing was still there. It's proof because they were walking around in a crowd and everybody was bumping into Jesus left and right and nobody getting anything because nobody made an authoritative decision to get anything from him. So the authority was not there and the dudamus couldn't work till somebody threw some authority at him to release the power on the inside of you. So new people will come up. They're awed by the power of God. They really think they're going to get something and you know what? They do. And then other people get used to it. And, well, that? we do this every third Thursday on have a Holy Ghost move. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. And they come up and they're not expecting anything. They're not using their authority to get anything. They're not doing anything. They're just coming up because everybody else comes up and I'm supposed to come up, see? No, the anointing's there to get you something, to get something over into your life, to set you free of something into your life. It's there to break a bondage that's in your life or to restore to you the peace and the joy that's on the inside of you. And it takes the authority, and it also takes the anointing to do that. None of these people had any authority. They were just following him, bumping into him, and disciples couldn't figure it out. Why? It's a different... When you're ministering to people, it's a different touch in the inside of you. And you know when it's flowing, and you know when you're wasting your time. In other words, sometimes when you're ministering to somebody, I mean, they're sucking it out of the inside of you so fast, you can barely keep up. And when you're done, you need about a three-hour nap because they sucked every bit of anointing that you had. So I'm, it's true. When I lay hands here, I go home, and I almost have to, I never take a nap. I almost have to take a nap sometimes. Wore out. Why? Because life force on the inside of you is coming out. Some people are desiring that, and they and the power of God flows into them because they've already used their authority. I'm going to get tired. I'm going to. I'm going to get to. You know. And once you get something like when the joy hit me the first time, and I couldn't laugh in forever, I just knew that I knew that I knew that I got up there close again. I'd in trouble. Do you ever feel that way? And then I started thinking, Am I going to make it to the front? How close am I going to get? And sometimes you get halfway up the aisle, and pretty soon here it come. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Usher, 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 usher. <laughs> you go down and you start laughing. Why did that break up? And other people would come up and say, you know, I ain't going to get anything. My wife made me come up. She said, I need joy, and I don't need joy. She should see that by now. And they almost brace themselves. Go ahead. See what you got. And I'll tell you what, for some reason, God honors that somehow sometimes and knocks them clear on their hind end for like two days. I mean, I don't know why that, I can't explain how that happens, but I'm telling you the way it can work. Are you following me? There's an authority there that you do it. That's why preaching the word is so important before ministering the word a lot of times. Not all the time, the Holy Ghost may just move. You know what I mean? Just say, lay hands on everybody in there. And there's a special anointing there of faith for people just to believe what's going to happen and what they need and the power of God moves on the inside of you. My God, you're getting a whole two months lesson here. I hope you're... Take up another offering. <laughs> but there's a flow that comes out of the inside of you. Sometimes you can feel it, sometimes you can't, but you can feel there's being a withdrawal from your ATM that's on the inside of you, and people are doing it. And sometimes, you know, especially on the phone, you get people calling you over and over again with the same issue, you're going to find out after about the third time that they zapped you. Not only stole your anointing, but didn't care about your anointing, didn't want to change with the anointing, and basically they just wore you out before it was over with. You've got to be able to start to sense that as you do it and know who to minister to and who not. Pray for the person that they get to a place where they're ready to receive something from God because the anointing, I mean, it is a very holy and very anointed thing. You know, it's, it's, it's very important, and it's something you have and something you treasure and something you guard. That's why you don't get in offense anymore. Why? I'm guarding my anointing. That's why I don't care what they said about me. I'm still going to love them. I don't care why, why they don't like my ministry. I don't care about that. God, I got this anointing. Nobody's going to get this thing from me, praise God. I'm going to guard it, and I'm going to protect it, and you can't get it from me no matter what you do. Sometimes you got to do that. Because it comes at you from every side. That's why God doesn't give someone a pastor's position than a thousand people the next day. Oh, Jesus. 
Spiritual suicide in progress. It doesn't work that way. You grow and you learn to deal with people and you learn to protect your anointing and you learn to handle situations. And it's so fun in my life right now because I see people under me growing up. I see the Luans and I see the Latashas and I see the Bens and I see them growing up under me and I see them do things and I say, God, I did that. My God, I did that same thing. You know, I did it here, I did it there. But I can see what's going on. You can see, you know, I... I Luann preached the other night and I saw her and, and I said, wow, that's really great that she gets up here and does it. And then I went to Latasha and I said, I remember when you were just like, you were just like that. She was new, you know, and she was a little bit nervous about preaching and she was everything else. And now she just gets up and just give me that microphone, pastor. Give me that thing. There's been a change, you know what I mean? Rather than, well, should I preach? Should I preach? What should I preach? What should I preach? What should I do? What should I do? Now she just takes the mic and she goes and she flows and it's all part of it, you know what I mean? It's all part of it. You, you taught great on Wednesday night. Uh, you learned some things. You grew through that. You see things. You, and that's what it's all about is people who sue continues to grow. So sue, if you can preach to homeless people, I mean, you preach to anybody probably. I mean, it's, it's something. And she continues to grow. And as long as you're growing like that, revelation comes, you know, from all. You don't, have to, you don't have to be in your prayer closet for four hours. You can just be going to the bathroom, and God will start unloading things on you. And you'll be writing notes on toilet paper before it's over with, praise God. Whatever it takes to write down what he tells you to do. Come on, ain't that the way it is? It just goes that way, and you're getting revel. You're not even looking for it. You're not even asking for it. Just, there it is, praise God. It's downloaded. Then somebody comes up to you with a problem. My God, I got and somebody comes up to you with a problem that you know nothing about, and all at once you know everything about it. It comes out of the answer. You've got every answer all at once. You're saying, my God, this guy's smart. And you're speaking it, and you're speaking it, and they're getting healed and delivered. They're getting straightened out, and you walk away and say, man, that was good. Where'd that come from? Well, I'll tell you where it came from. It came from the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you that will give you revelations above your revelations when somebody needs it. Because God wants everybody healed, everybody delivered, everybody saved, everybody happy, everybody prospers. That's what God wants for your life, and he'll use anybody he can to get into your life to do it. So you've got authority this morning. And you've got the anointing of God on the inside of you this morning. Now you know how to pull the trigger. Catch yourself. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. No, that's not it. Praise God. He does care. Somebody does love you. Somebody does. You've got joy. You can choose joy and peace this entire week and have a good week for a change. You can choose no more bad days. Praise God. I found a shirt and pennies one year. It said no more bad days. I said I had to buy that. What even my size. I didn't care. I didn't care. It was a great big one. I said, I'm wearing that No More Bad Days shirt because I like that thing. Looked like a tent, but I'll tell you what, there it was. No More Bad Days. What happened? I made a decision not to have any more bad days. And you can do that too, praise God. You've got the authority to do it. Hallelujah. For listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.